I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so uh, I've sobered up. There's still some blackouts. And, uh, I worked in Hyman's and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later having a good time, baby. Having a good time, baby. We're having a real good time. We're having a good time, baby. Having a good time, baby. I'll tell you one more time. Oh, yeah. We're having a good time. Yeah. We're having a good time. And, uh... Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, my name's Dusty Slay, and I'm your host. Um, and here we are. Uh, this is a Thursday. I'm a day late. Uh, but this podcast will basically be about why I'm a day late. <clears throat> so uh, last week, um, I did a podcast on a Wednesday. And I was telling you, well, let's start off this way. Since November... I've been complaining about stomach problems, right? I've been complaining about stomach problems for years. But November, I believe it was around November 2nd, I went to the St. Louis Funny Bone. And I did comedy there on a Thursday night, and I felt really good. I was doing kind of a, uh, a fast of sorts, just eating fruit, feeling good, uh, did a great show. And then later that night, I started to feel real sick. My stomach felt real, real painful, and I had like felt like I had knives in my stomach. Felt like I was just getting stabbed up, and I didn't sleep very good. And then on Friday, it continued, but it got less painful, but it continued. So I did two shows on that Friday, feeling like I had knives in my stomach. And then uh, Saturday, a bit better. By Sunday, I started to feel really good, and the last show ended well. And then that next Monday, or, well, the following Monday, I, I had the knives pain again. So about Tuesday or Wednesday, I went to the doctor. They pushed all over my stomach, and then they did blood test, and then the blood test came back and said, hey, you're fine. So I was, uh, I was like, okay, great. I've had these weird pains, but apparently I'm fine. So I don't know what that is. And I'd been trying to do different types of detoxes. So I was just trying to, in my head, be like, well, maybe it's just my body is flushing things out. And I still don't know that that's not what it was. But throughout the month of November, December, and early January, I would have weird spells of where I would have these kind of stomach pains. Never quite as bad as the first time but bad but it would always hit me seemed like it would hit me around monday or so and so i might be in bed for a few days or at least very limited to what i was doing but by the weekend i was good to go again so i would go do shows and i'd be fine but it was hitting me here and there and it, it usually was followed by i would eat real healthy other than the first time it was usually followed by me eating real healthy and then going out and eating a bunch of bad stuff. Like one night I'd go out and I, I ate uh, 
you know, a bunch of chilies one time, like the restaurant. And then I ate a bunch of, uh, I ate a bunch of, um, uh, Olive Garden one night. And then I went to, you know, Reno Collier's house and had a bunch of food over at his house. And I would, uh, that would always follow with some sickness. So I thought, okay, I just got to stop eating like that. Well, this last time I went, I was here. The last time it happened was, was recently. I went Tuesday, I was here and I said, I felt the best. Well, Wednesday I was doing the podcast and I was saying that on Tuesday I had a show at Zany's. It was a great show, really good show. And I felt on top of the world, like the best I had ever felt. I went to the land on Monday, built a fire, had a lot of fun Tuesday show at Zany. So I thought, man, I'm feeling so good. I'm going back out to the land. So on Wednesday, after the podcast, I went back out to the land. I went out there for about four hours. I set up some bird houses, some bird feeders, built a fire, moved some rocks around, cleared out some trails. And, um, you know, it was a weird day. Wednesday of the last week was a weird day. Like stuff was going on in our country and you know, not that our country hasn't been going through a bunch of weird stuff all year, um, but, you know, that was all happening the same same time. And so I, I got home Wednesday night, and I started to feel bad again. Now, this time I had not eaten bad. I was totally on a juice, uh, like a vegetable, fruit, juice fast. I was juicing all my own stuff, all organic things vegetables, juice, all the best. And I started to feel bad again. And by Thursday morning, I didn't sleep very good Wednesday night. And and Thursday, I started to feel real bad. And this time my stomach was very sensitive. So I went back to the walk-in clinic and the, um, the doctor was pushing on my stomach, my lower abdomen, and it was very painful. And I started to get hot. I was sweating. I started taking. I had like a couple of shirts on. I started taking them off right there in the, right there in the doctor's office. And she was like, "I think you should go to the emergency room." She was like, "I can't tell you what it is, but I think you should go to them." So I went to the Vanderbilt emergency room, and I sat in the waiting room for four hours, in a lot of pain, in a very uncomfortable chair, and I finally got into the emergency, they gave me a CT scan and they said that my appendix had ruptured. But as the doctor described it, and I spoke to many doctors, males, females, many different doctors, and they all seem to agree that inside where my appendix used to be, they said it was like a bomb went off in there and that it was so bad that they were afraid to operate. So they say, normally what we do, the appendix ruptures, we go in, we remove it, and, and then you're out of here. But they said it's so bad that we're afraid to operate. So they put me on antibiotics through an IV, and I spent Thursday night, I, got, I, I finally got in there about 11 p.m., um, so I spent Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night in the hospital. I moved to several different rooms. Um, it was actually a pretty good experience in the hospital. People were very nice in there. Um, I, I feel like that I have a high tolerance for pain. I don't know. But 
I didn't feel like, like when they would ask me my pain level, I always said about a seven because it was pretty painful. But if the pain goes from one to 10, 10 being the worst, I got to feel like having your arm chopped off is going to be more painful than what I'm experiencing. I got to feel like having my foot ran over with a steamroller is going to be more painful than what I experienced. I got to think having my fingernails pulled out with pliers is going to be more painful than what I was experiencing. Now, I don't know, but it was pretty painful and I could not really move. I couldn't set up. I could barely walk. Um, and it was just a terrible experience. Now, the hospital itself, I'm still pretty anti the medical industry uh, because they failed me for a long time. I tried to get my stomach checked out for a long time. So I'm still pretty anti medical industry. But what I will say is my opinion has changed a bit because without them, I don't know what I would have done, you know, maybe die. So um, I'm not anti-doctor. I'm not anti-nurse. These people were very nice to me. They didn't needlessly give me surgery. They didn't operate when they were unsure. Um, So I'm very appreciative to them. I'm very appreciative to the people at Vanderbilt and... Uh, I don't feel sad today. I don't have a lot of energy. I don't feel good. I don't know how long this podcast will go on today. But I wanted to put something out just to kind of let you know where I'm at. I will be canceling, not canceling, but moving my Des Moines, Iowa date. I was supposed to be in Portland this weekend, but they canceled that due to their own um, kind of city shutdowns. So that worked well. And then I was supposed to be in Des Moines, Iowa next week, which I was looking forward to because I do like the city and I like the club, but I would like to go there when I feel good. I want to be able to go around and because the last time I was there, I didn't feel very good either. I was on a, I was on no meat. I wasn't eating meat. So I went to a barbecue restaurant, um, with Chris Covey and he ate, uh, you know, a big meaty sandwich and I ate a salad. Um, because I've been dealing with stuff for a while. So, um, I want to go back when I can enjoy the food. I watched, uh, diners, uh, drive-ins and dives on a, they went to a, a chili, the chili King restaurant and I'd like to go there, but I can't go there right now. So I want to go to Des Moines when I feel good and when I can do the type of comedy that I want to do. And I don't know how I'll feel come next weekend, but I'm just playing it. You know, call. I just want to put on the best shows possible. I don't want to half-ass it because I don't feel good. So, and I have done a fair amount of shows recently where I don't feel good. But I've not been in a, a, a lot of pain, so I was able to do it. Because I like doing comedy. Doing comedy makes me happy. Oftentimes I do comedy. I don't feel good when I go on stage. When I come off, I feel great. So I enjoy doing it. Um... But the I just wanted to come on and let you know what's going on. So now what's happening is I'm on antibiotics for a couple of weeks to hopefully get all the inflammation down. And then there probably will be some follow-up procedures and a surgery. And I'm hoping that once they remove the appendix, uh, my problems will go away. 
I'm not confident that they will because I've been dealing with them for so long, but I hope that they do go away. And, uh, and I pray that they go away. I, uh, and uh, I uh, hope that you will also pray for me. I, um, I'm fine, but I just want to feel good. And um, I don't need anything. My, my friends and family and my wife have been so great. My wife um, has been such a tremendous help to me. I'm so appreciative to her. She stayed with me in the hospital every night and has been really waiting on me hand and foot uh, since we've been home. Uh, she's been so great, and I'm, I couldn't be more appreciative of her. And, um, yeah, it's great. It's just been, uh, it's been a weird journey. I mean, I have, I'm 38 years old. I have not been in the hospital. I have not spent a night in a hospital since I was about five years old. When I was in my early twenties, I got beat up in a bar by several people. Um, I deserved it. I'm sure. I had been drinking sake all day. I was out at happy hour and then still out at closing time. And I got into, I was in a frat bar and uh, I got into a fight with some frat dudes and they uh, threw me on the ground, kicked me in the face a bunch of times. And then uh, I saw them on the street later and went and tried to fight them again. And they beat me up again. And um, I went to the emergency room, but the but they did not break any bones, and they did not even break the skin. I was very swollen, but I was okay. I felt very I felt very tough skinned. Um, so I didn't spend the night there. They looked. The doctor looked at me and he said, "I think you're okay." Um, it still cost me quite a bit of money though to go there. Um, but uh, when I was five years old, I was playing with my cousin. He was probably seven or eight. And I remember me and my mom, my, mom, my grandmother lived in one, she lived in a greenhouse. Uh, my dad always called it a Jim Walters house. And I guess that's Jim Walters was the type of house that was built for a while. And she lived in a green Jim Walters house. And my uncle lived next door in a blue Jim Walters house. My grandmother lived alone. My uncle lived with his wife, my aunt, and my two cousins, uh, Joy and Jonathan. And me and uh, when we, me and my mom pulled up that day, my uncle was out on the front porch shooting the BB gun. I don't know if he was shooting birds or squirrels or something. He was shooting something. It was my grandfather's BB gun, and it was an air rifle, you know, one that you could pump many times. Not not a not a single pump BB gun. I mean, it was a it was one you could really pump up, and it was old school, no safety measures. And uh, me and my cousin later that day were playing, and I was He Man, and uh, Masters of the Universe, as you know, and he was GI Joe, and so He Man had a sword. And uh, I'm adding my own commentary to this because I was five. I don't know exactly how it went down, but I'm going to just tell it to you this way. And uh, so we were playing, and I, you know, He-Man has a sword, and G.I. Joe has a gun. But in the world of, of play pretend, 
um, the guy with the sword always wins because the gun is not real. Therefore, it has no bullets, and it only can make noises like pew, pew, bang, bang, right? And pew, pew, and bang, bang don't do anything to you. It doesn't hurt you, but a sword hitting you hurts, even if it's plastic. So even though my cousin was older than me, I was winning. And um, and I, I don't know if that's exactly how it went down, but somehow my cousin ended up with this BB gun. And he was pumping it, he was shooting it in the air, and I was like, I don't think you're supposed to have that. And he says, it's not loaded. Now, I believe that he believed that it wasn't loaded. I don't think that my cousin maliciously shot me. But I, we were fighting, and I pushed uh, my, I held my sword towards the sky, and I was ready to change from Adam if you're familiar with the cartoon, you'll know that Adam is who uh, He-Man is before he changes. And I was Adam, and I was ready to hold my sword to the so- sky and say, by the power of Grayskull, right? And then I would have changed into He-Man, but I did not get to do the full transition before my cousin pulled up this gun and shot me in the chest, in the five-year-old chest with a BB gun. And because I had not made the change into He-Man, the bullet was able to penetrate my chest. And I fell to the floor, and then I started crying, and my cousin, who's now realized that he's potentially committed murder on a five-year-old boy, is also crying. And my mom hears it. She comes in there. I'm laying on the floor, Jonathan's crying, I'm crying, my mom's crying. She grabs me, puts me in the car, drives me to the emergency room. The bullet went into the, I don't know, our heart is on one side of our chest. I think our heart's on the left side. And the bullet went into the right side of my chest. It went through my lung, missing my heart by just an inch or so. And through my lung and lodged in my back. Um, And that was when I was five years old. So 33 years later, it's still in there. Uh, I haven't had an x-ray in a while. But I went to the doctor and the doctor basically was like, based on what I'm seeing, we we could do surgery on you and get that BB out of there. Or we could just leave it in. And if it doesn't present you any problems, great. But if it does, we'll get it out then. So we opted to leave it in. I was in the hospital for one night, and then I was out. So before I ever entered into kindergarten, I had already been had a gunshot wound. And um, I got a lot of that. I got the hospital visit on videotape. I have a lot of home videos. And I have that one on videotape. And it, that I still use the term videotape, even now we're, we're recording digitally on chips and stuff like that. But I still use the term. But back then it was, in fact, a videotape. So uh, on VHS, but I have it now digitally saved. And 
So that was the other time that I spent time in the hospital. Now, I had a shoulder injury in my early 20s after I got beat up because I started working out real heavy. I was like, after that, I was like, I'm not getting beat up again. I'm going to be ready this next time. Not that I would have been able to do anything anyway. I was so drunk that I didn't even realize how many times I was getting punched in the head. You know, I'm like Rocky without the comeback. Um, that I'm sure the guy was like, it's, it's like metal or whatever he says. I don't know what he says, but, uh, but I would not stop. Even though I was not really, I didn't have a lot of offense. I would not stop. I am uh, very stubborn. And so, um, so, you know, so I got out of the hospital from that. I went to kindergarten. It was all good. And then in my 20s, I started working out real heavy. I injured my shoulder. It got really painful to the point where I could barely lift it. And I had some good insurance working for the pesticide company. And so I went to the hospital. They gave me an MRI. And, uh, you know, it was pretty useless, honestly. But uh, going into the MRI, I had to fill out a form. And they were like, do you have any shrapnel in your body? And I was like, well, kind of. And then they did an x-ray. And the BB was still in there. They told me it'd be fine. But I said, if that, this machine pulls this BB out of my body, I want it. But I had a collapsed lung when I was a kid from that gunshot wound. I went through a lot as a kid. I mean, I was a wild kid, and I have always been doing a lot of stuff. But my mom's been here for the last few days, hanging out with us, helping out. And uh, my family's been great to help out. And all in all, I get better every day. They gave me opioids when I was in the hospital, and I was, oh, yeah. One night, I took an opioid. And I put on some music as I was trying to go to sleep, and I was tripping out. I'm not going to lie to you. I was having some wild dreams on those opioids. I was having a good time, but immediately I was afraid of them. They gave me a prescription to get filled, and I will not get it filled. I'm not in that kind of pain, and I'm not about to come out of this with an opioid addiction. Uh, I've already had problems with various things. The last thing I need is an opioid addiction. But I will say this. I, th- I mean, I think opioids are a big problem in this country, obviously. And I think that's a big cause of a lot of the homelessness that we have in this country. And I will say with the right amount of opioids and uh, headphones and some music, I could sleep on the street. I'm not going to lie to you. You don't re. I didn't even take the strongest ones. I I took the strongest they would allow me to take, um, but I don't think they were very strong. But if I mean, I took that and then I put on like some sound because all I was trying to do was drown out the music or drown out the noise from the hospital. I mean, there's a lot going on in there, it's very busy in there. Um, and I also got tested for COVID. I, I, and uh, I'm negative, I don't have it. Um, but the, um, I mean, I put on like soundscapes music, just trying to drown out all other music. You know, that kind of music that's just like mood music. And whoa, man, I felt like I was like, in my dream, I was like, I was at a party and I was just walking through this party 
And it just kept, it was like a real rough party. I was at like some kind of like gangster party, but like gangster from like all kind of movies. It was like every type of gang you could think of. I just kept passing and I just kept being like, this is a bad party. I should not be at this party. Uh, and I just kept passing. I just kept seeing faces, endless faces, face after face after face. I think I passed like a bearded family, you know, like male and female. They all had beards. That was one of the kind of gangs I passed. It was a wild, wild time. And I was trip. Even one time the nurse came in to check my vitals and she starts talking to me about Marky Mark. And I was like trying to have like a regular conversation because I felt weird. Like I felt like I got caught doing drugs. I felt like they walked in on me while I was doing drugs. And I was like, and then I kind of realized about midway through, I'm like, oh, I am doing drugs, but they gave me these drugs. So it's okay. But I mean, it's a wild ride, those opioids are. And so that's why I'm like, I am not bringing these home. I'm not bringing a bottle of these home for me to take every night. Oh, man. The first night, I honestly, I took them, what did I do? Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And I, Sunday night, and so by Sunday, I, I took the weaker one. I was like, give me the weaker one. So Monday was my first night home, and it was the first night I had not taken them. I sweated so bad that night in my sleep. I mean, it was it was super gross. But I was like, I don't know if I'm just fighting a, a, a serious infection inside my body, which I am, or if I'm going through some kind of weird withdrawal uh, I don't know, but it was a wild time and it was fun, but I feel, you know, I feel very blessed all in all that, I mean, cause everybody's like, if you're, uh, you know, your appendix ruptures, you could die. And, um, I, you know, I, I wasn't in that place. I didn't feel that way. I just was like, all right. What I thought I had was like a urinary tract infection or a bladder infection. That's what I thought I had because it just hurt kind of in that area. But it there's a lot of inflammation going on. I'm probably sharing too many details. Uh, but I won't have any shows for a little while. I will hopefully by next week I will feel uh, better enough to, you know, provide – you know, a good podcast, uh, a full one. I got stuff I want to talk about. Uh, I got I got some nice emails from people, and I really appreciate it because I made the comment last week that I said, um, I'm sure you don't want to hear me talk about the Bible all the time. And I got some nice emails from people saying that they would like to hear me talk about the Bible. And, um, and I got stuff I'd like to talk about. Um, I mean, it is, um, you know... Uh, I, you know, I feel like we're in some wild times. I, uh, I don't think that things, I mean, I don't mean to be negative. I mean, who knows, but I I don't, I don't particularly think that things are about to get a great deal better. Uh, I just think that, uh, we're entering a weird time and I think now is a time, I mean, it's always a good time to get religious and I'm, and I just use the term religion as a generic term, but I mean to find God, um, to find Jesus. I think it's always a good time, but now, you know, more than ever, I I think that, uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure that it, 
throughout various times, people have always said these sorts of things. I'm sure. I'm sure when we were entering World War One, people were saying it. World War Two, people were saying it. Vietnam, the Korean War. I'm sure people were saying it all those times. The Cold War. Um, I don't think they were wrong. I think that we're right every time when we say that. And, um, you know, but I, I do think it's a weird time when churches have been kind of mandated to be shut down uh, while Walmart remains open. And uh, I do think that we're seeing an attack on small businesses. And, um, you know, and it's, uh, it's a wild time. And uh, so now is a good time to open your Bibles and, and read them. And, and you don't have to read it with a negative tone. My tone only feels negative today because I'm sick. And uh, so I'm going to probably wrap this up just, and I'm going to just go lay back down. But I just wanted to pop in, kind of let you know what was going on with the podcast, let you know what was going on with me. I appreciate you guys listening all the time. And I got, you know, I got more stories to share. I appreciate you guys listening every week. And uh, I appreciate any prayers that you would say for me. And uh, I do believe in prayers. I don't believe in thoughts. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I believe in thoughts. But uh, um, but I do believe in prayers. And uh, even though it seems unpopular these days for thoughts and prayers. But I, I do believe in prayers. And uh, so, and uh, pray for our country. And pray for, uh, you know, pray for your enemies. Pray for people that you don't like. Um Pray for everyone because, um, you know, they all need prayer. A, uh, a preacher that I like to listen to says that he likes to, him and his wife, say they like to, they like to pray for the forgiveness of the sins of their enemies. And I always think that's really interesting. And I don't know that they use the term enemy. I'm just using that as a, as a, as a word. But, you know, it's like, I just think that's not something we think about. When we don't like someone... You know, we don't think about praying for the forgiveness of their sins. But if you believe in kind of a, uh, a, a spiritual world out there where you have, you know, evil spirits or negative spirits or uh, unclean spirits, as the Bible often talks about, um, they could be affecting people. And people that you don't like, you probably don't like them because of actions that they do, things that they do. But they may be doing those things, and uh, and they may not know why. They may not even be in control of their own lives. And so, you know, it's always like someone that you don't like, you know, oftentimes will go, I wish they would just go away, or I wish they would die, or something like that, where it's, it's better if we wish that they would be saved, and we wish that they would, you know, turn over their life and, you know, serve God, because... Uh, it's my belief, you know, if we're all serving God, then we're all serving each other and we're all taking care of each other. It's, um, you know, I, I don't believe in the whole idea of the religious wars and things like that. I believe that if you're truly serving God, you're not, uh, you know, wanting to go to war. So, I don't know. Those are just some thoughts and I'm on antibiotics and I'm sick. So, I'm just sharing some thoughts I appreciate you guys, and uh, take care, and we're having a good time.